people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased it to joy. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty, Mighty God, God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Prince Peace. Of peace. Prince of peace. His authority shall grow continually. His authority shall grow continually, and, and there, there shall, shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. Establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. Well, it's arrived. It's here. You've been waiting all year for it, right? It's it's been trumpeted, announced, pushed, pulled, cajoled, and, and, and thrown at us already, but it's here. It's Christmas time, right? It's awesome. It's here. Are you ready? Are you ready for Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman for a Charlie Brown Christmas with the, you know, the ornament that, that kind of hangs down to the ground? Like me. I say I'm so flexible that I hang uh, all the way down to the ground. That Charlie Brown Christmas coming for the nonstop buying and selling and returning of stuff <laughs> I'm not right I, I'm not ready um, and I'm not screwed you I love I love me some Christmas I love <laughs> Christmas time I just don't like the traditional Christmas I don't like what's now the traditional Christmas right that's you know it's, it's more like birthday number two and frankly I'm old enough I don't <laughs> Uh, of course, December 22nd is my, no, never mind, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, who gets top billing at Christmas nowadays anyway? Is it Santa Claus or Amazon, <laughs> Amazon or is it Jesus? It's funny how we've managed to create kind of a Santa Claus deity that comes to grant our wishes. Think about it. Y'all know the song. He's making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Sound like any of our conceptions of who God is, right? It's like, okay. All right. Oh, that was a good one, Mike. Let's put that over here in the good list. Uh, Y'all ought not have done that. That's a lump of coal. You know, a lot of us grew up with that. But the song goes on, right? It's, uh, what's in that? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good up on the shelf. So be good, <laughs> for goodness sake. You know, that is my conception of the God that I grew up with, with the uh, Zeus hair and the lightning bolt and going to get you. Going to get you, you know, keep it, keeping track. You know, I'm watching you. I'm waiting for you to mess up. And when you do, I've got you where I want you. You know, and you're going to get that lump of coal. And you're not, you know, I grew up with that, at least in my head. But the irony is that Jesus isn't like that at all. 
that's nothing like who Jesus is. Even the Jewish people, you know, they're looking, they're waiting, they're praying for a conquering Messiah to come and free them from Roman rule. They're an oppressed people, and they're tired of being oppressed. They're under the thumb of the Romans. If they step out of line, they get beat into submission. It's a terrible time. They're struggling. They're in need of salvation from this, and, and they'd want a king to lead them, and they're looking for that king, but they're looking for a David. They're, 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 they're looking for a Saul. Um, that Joshua, who led them across into the promised land, that knocked down the walls of Jericho. That's, we need that kind of king, and that's who we're looking for. And because they were looking for that, they missed Jesus completely because that's not who he was. Jesus was born a Jew. He was born into an oppressed people. Right after his birth, this conquering king ends up having to leave and is exiled into Egypt. He's a refugee when, when in, in Egypt. He lives in the home of a carpenter. Now, what kind of king lives in the home of a carpenter, right? He's an ordinary family, and he's in the midst of ordinary. He has brothers, and he has sisters. He hangs out with the weak and the powerless. When he's given the option of having riches and power, when he's tempted, he turns it down. He hangs out with widows and orphans. He eats with sinners, which really messed up the scribes and the Pharisees because you don't do that kind of stuff. You don't hang out with those kind of people. And yet he did hang out with ordinary people. So what kind of king is that? Isaiah seven fourteen. it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, shall bear a son, and shall call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. You're going to hear that name a lot in this season, right? We sang earlier, right? Oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel. God incarnate. God in human flesh. God came to be with us. See, God decided since we couldn't seem to get it right, and if you're wondering about that, read the Bible, and you'll discover that we couldn't get it right. We tried from thousands of years, and, and we'd have one, you know, there'd be a king who got it right for a little while, and then there'd be 12 of them that got it all wrong, and then there'd be another king. Well, maybe not 12, but it was a real back and forth of trying to get it right, not being able to get it right, and trying to get it right, and not being able to get it right. It's kind of like our life today, trying to get it right, making a mistake, trying to get it right. And that's been going on forever, but because God looked at us and he said, you know what? They can't seem to get it right. I'm going to get it right for them. See, one of the things, you know, folks that like to say all religions are the same, they're not the same. Most of them have you climb in the mountain, you know, for enlightenment or to, you know, do the right things and you'll, and you'll, you'll get closer to God. Our God was already on the mountain. He didn't have to come off the mountain. He said, you can't get here. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to you. You'll never make it here without me. And he came off the mountain and became Emmanuel, God with us. Because we couldn't, he did. He came down. He paid the price. You can think of it like this. Any of y'all ever drove too fast? Hey, man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Let's say you're doing 105 miles an hour, you're zipping down the road, you're cruising, you, and, and you get pulled over, the lights come on, you know the feeling, it's like, <gasps> yeah. and you know you're doing 105, and you know that that's beyond 
uh, you're in trouble. You know, you pull over and you get, the, the officer comes up and arrests you because that's, uh, you know, what was it, 30 miles over the limit and you're, yeah, so, so he, ta- he takes you in, they impound the car, you, you get your back of the police car, but it just so happens you got pulled over in a county where your dad is the judge. So you're kind of going, oh, okay, well, at least my dad is the judge and he loves me. You know, so I, you know, he's got, he, surely he won't punish me. I, he loves me. And as you get closer to the courthouse, you, you start to think again. You go, you know, but he is a just judge. He honors the law. And you get that little butterfly thing going on. It's like, oh, this may not turn out as well as I think it is because I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. And so you get there and you go into the courtroom and, and you stand before him and he says, son, this officer said that you were going 50 miles an hour over the speed limit. Well, how do you plead? And you kind of don't have a choice, right? Because you were going 50 miles over the speed limit. So you say, guilty. So he looks at you and he says, that'll be $500 or a week in jail. Guilty as charged. And you don't happen to have $500. So the bailiff comes out, starts to put those handcuffs on you to take you in for your week in jail. And he stands up and says, hang on, bring him back in here. And with that, the judge stands up. He walks around off of the bench, and he takes out, out of his pocket, he takes out a checkbook. And he writes a check for $500. And he offers it to you to pay your fine for you. You see, he's a just judge, so he has to honor that. But he also loves you, and he's willing to pay the price for you. And then it's up to you, right? What do you do with that offer of freedom and that offer of being, uh, of, of being given that gift where you don't have to go to jail and you don't have to be punished? You see, that's when we talk about salvation, when we talk about what God did for us, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. And Jesus paid the price. And so that offer is always there. He, it's out there. It's there this morning. He invites you to come. If you don't know Jesus, if you have never accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, I invite you to come this morning and do that. You can come. Uh, you can accept him in your chair. It's, it, it's, and, it, and it's a moment, right? It's, our journey is longer than that. But the invitation is there to come and to walk this journey together. He wants to be in relationship with you. If you've struggled and fallen by the wayside and, and, you've made, you, know, and, and you don't think that, he forgi- that, that forgiveness is for you, come. He offers that to you this morning. It's there. It's free. It's for you to pick up or not. And this is the miracle of this season. God came to work miracles in our broken down, messed up, upside down world it's what christmas is all about it's the time that we celebrate the miracle of jesus sometimes we like to make out that jesus was special special and 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 that's what that's what it was about and and while he was god incarnate let me read from isaiah 53 about who he was 
For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hid their faces, he was despised. And we held him of no account. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. He always has. He always will. And that's really important for us to grab hold of today because what that means is that you are a miracle worker. You are a miracle worker. It's who you're created to be. God wants to work miracles through you. But I'm not qualified. I don't have the right knowledge. I I run into these doubts and uncertainties and questions. There has to be someone more qualified, more worthy, more capable. You are a miracle worker. God wants to work miracles through you. Don't sweat that stuff. See, God doesn't need your ability because God is the one where the power comes from. What God needs is your availability. He needs you to be available for what he wants to do. He needs you to be willing to set aside the stuff that gets in the way of your relationship with him so that you'll go, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going. I'm going. You lead. I'm available. He'll equip you in the meantime. He'll provide the, the way. The power of Emmanuel is the power to create change in the world through God's action in your life and through you, through me. The problem is the world's looking for the elaborate, the expensive, the special. And God says, I want the ordinary. I want the ordinary. The majority of the folks in the Bible were ordinary people that God did extraordinary things with and through. He wants to do that. He wants to do that in your life, and he wants to do that in this place. He wants to do that in this community. The more that we meet with people, Corey and I got to meet with Mayor Kennerly, and her enthusiasm for Jesus. The mayor is enthusiastic about what God can do in this community. The more that, that we're reaching out, the more that we get to see what God can do. I want to take a couple of minutes just to ask two questions, and you don't have to answer them here. Two questions to consider. What miracles does the world need this Christmas? What miracles does the world need this Christmas? And think about that this week. Maybe talk about that over lunch. What's something that we can do as a body to be that miracle in lives we normally wouldn't touch? What, are, what is something that we, as, the, as, the, as this part of the body of Christ, can do that will provide in the lives that we normally wouldn't impact? After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and tempted by Satan, he made his way to Nazareth and he read, read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were looking at him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I am the fulfillment of this scripture, is what he said. And we are followers of his. Those who follow Jesus are recognized by the, but not, they're by the things that we do, the things that we live out in, in our lives and in this community, how we're recognized. Christmas is not our birthday. Christmas is Jesus' birthday, and that's where this challenge that we've been talking about is coming from. Whatever we plan on spending on those special people, the challenge is to commit to spending on Jesus. It can be the angel tree. We've got an angel tree. It can be we're going to be collecting an offering. That's what that insert is for so that we can choose who we're going to impact. And let's make an impact beyond ourselves in this place. And I know that that's a challenge. I know people hear that and go, oh, no. Follow God's lead. Do that. Follow God's lead, wherever that is. For some, it may be more than half. For others, it might be less. Pray and follow God's lead. But know this. You are a miracle worker. God wants to work miracles through you and through your life and in this community and in this world.